Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Summer nights mean it's throne. That's good for you. Have a summer nada. Have a summer nada. KCAA Loma Linda. 1050 AM. 106.5 FM. And now 102.3 FM. New candidate emerges. Vaping illness keeps rising. I'm Barbara Cusack. A new name is being thrown into the Democratic presidential mix. Former New York City mayor and billionaire businessman Michael Bloomberg is expected to file for the Alabama 2020 presidential primary. Paperwork is expected to be filed this week as Bloomberg enters the race with a foot in at least one state. Alabama has a Friday deadline for candidates to formally enter the race. Some revealing impeachment testimony came from the Deputy Assistant Secretary of State George Kent. Correspondent Alex Marquardt says a transcript of his behind-closed-door deposition was released today. The president's special envoy to Ukraine, Kurt Volker, told Kent he would be reaching out to Giuliani because it was clear that the former mayor had influence on the president. Giuliani was working to get the U.S. ambassador to Ukraine, Marie Ivanovich, removed, spreading what Kent called slander in a continuation of his campaign of lies. Federal figures continue to rise in the still-unsolved U.S. outbreak of vaping illness. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention says 2,051 confirmed and probable cases have been reported. Illnesses have occurred in every state but Alaska. Forty people in 24 states have died, the latest in Massachusetts. The outbreak appears to have started in March, but no single ingredient or vaping device has been linked to all the illnesses. I'm Joe Ramsey. All three stock indexes were in record territory on Wall Street again today. Correspondent Steve Kastenbaum explains what moved investors. News from Chinese trade officials that both the U.S. and China might turn back tariffs on each other's products as part of a phase one agreement in negotiations boosted optimism on Wall Street and sent the indexes into record territory. And the rate on 10-year Treasury bonds surged, which eased concerns about a recession. And the Dow was up by 182 points, the S&P 500 rose by 8, and the Nasdaq added 24 points. I'm Barbara Cusack. This is happening. I'm sitting at my standing desk, not necessarily looking at celebrity gossip, when Kevin bursts in. The new homepage module is supposed to go live this month, Deirdre, and the dev team's backed up for weeks. Kevin's solution is to sweat through his shirt. I hop on Upwork and hire a web dev agency with a flawless success rating, because the new module will be getting done. And thanks to Upwork, this is happening. Oh, you got this under control. Oh, Kevin. As a matter of fact, I do. Upwork. Hire freelancers. Make things happen. Hello, Saver. At Walgreens, we like the way you save on things. Take afternoon matinees. You know they have the same endings as full-price movies. 
and co-pays on Medicare Part D prescriptions. You can get them for as low as $0 with select plans. So when you choose a plan with Walgreens as your preferred pharmacy, you know you're saving smartly. Walgreens, trusted since 1901. $0 copay on Tier 1 generic drugs available through select plans that include Walgreens as a preferred pharmacy. KCAA. I always hear from our clients who hired another firm that they wish they'd hired DNA Financial first. Don't have regrets about your IRS tax case, just hire the best in the first place. One owed 150000 to the IRS and had spent thousands on another firm. We stopped the levies, negotiated a payment plan, and had their penalties forgiven. And while every case is different, we guarantee that we'll find your perfect resolution and get it done right. For a free consultation, call us at 866-201-0156. That's 866-201-0156. Then you can say, DNA, DNA did, did right, right by, by me. me. Join Almo and friends on an amazing journey to find magic in everyday life at Sesame Street Live. Make your magic from baking cookies with Cookie Monster to creating shadows with Big Bird to growing flowers with Abby. Almo learns that magic is everywhere. Sing, dance, and celebrate at Sesame Street Live. Make your magic playing Toyota Arena in Ontario now through Wednesday. For tickets and show details, visit SesameStreetLive.com. Get your tickets today. Oh, I wish I was an Oscar Mayer wiener. Hey, this Friday, it's TGIF. Thank God, it's Frydog. <laughs> this Friday, November 8th, it's Frydog. At the Broadcast Media Services Center, home of KCAA. 102.3 FM, 106.5 FM, 1050 AM, and home to our cousin radio station, KQLH 92.5. Because it's Frydog. When the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile rolls into our radio station parking lot, we're across the street from Big Lots and Redlands on Industrial Park Avenue. The Wienermobile will be here. Be a great American hot dogger. Join us and Oscar Mayer with their famous Wienermobile. Get your picture with this larger-than-life famous American pop culture icon. Have some fun from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. and get a wiener whistle and all kinds of other prizes, tasty treats, and, of course, a free hot dog lunch while supplies last from KCAA and KQLA. Thank God it's Fry Dog. Get your wiener whistle. K C A A. Welcome to the Zero Point Health Hour with your host, Taylor Fakus, and the Zero Point team, where you'll learn everything you need to know to step into the new life path of vitality and infinite potential. Open your hearts and minds and prepare to go on a journey with the Zero Point team to unlock the strongest version of yourself from the inside out. And now, here's Taylor Fakus and the ZPA crew. Welcome everybody to Zero Point Radio. I am Nicholas Linares and today I am here with Eric Urias and co-founder of Zero Point Athletics, Jaron Kitchens. What's going on guys? How's it going, Nick? Awesome, awesome, guys. Eric, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm here. Thank you. So our boy Taylor is out today on a mini vacation. If you guys are looking to call in or ask us any questions, our local line is 909-792-5222. And if you're non-local, it is 888-909-1050. You guys can catch us always at 1050 AM radio, KCAA at 3 p.m. every single Thursday. So the topic for the today, guys, we are talking about uh, holistic nutrition and fad diets. Jaron, uh, what do you think, man? There's there's all sorts of different diets out there, all sorts of different nonsense that people get filled with, but let's get down to the nitty-gritty of what's really good for you and what's going to be best for the average person. What's out there, man? Absolutely. I mean, I 
I think this is a really huge topic that can go in many directions. Um, first of all, I would love to just kind of talk about what uh, my definition of holistic is. Okay. And to me, it's really just about bringing our biology back into alignment with um, a natural rhythm or kind of resyncing it back into our natural roots, essentially. So are you saying that most people, we probably don't have it at that natural basis? And what, what, what is bringing it back to the roots? Yeah, I think that's really interesting because even our definition of what nature or what natural is can go pretty deep and in depth. But um, yeah, I mean, as far as it comes to diet and holistic living, it's just really about um, getting your diet more in sync with your biology, uh, listening to your intuition, what your body is actually telling you what it needs, and not just uh, bringing in external sources um, from doctors or having someone telling you, you should do this or do that or do this or do that. And it's just really listening to your intuition. So it sounds like there's not necessarily a one size fits all for everybody for diet and eating. What, what would you say to that? Oh, absolutely not. I mean, there's definitely a lot of diets out there. Mm -hmm. um, I think certain diets work better for some people. Um, but I think the real big issue, at least, that I'm seeing is that a lot of people really want to jump into uh, straight into something crazy like, oh, like I need to jump straight into ketosis or I need to go paleo or I need to go full on raw vegan right. or whatever that is. But most people don't even know how to just eat properly mm -hmm. and like how to rotate their foods. Um, and that's something that I really look up to. Uh, one of my mentors, um, someone that I've never met, but Paul Check oh, talks shout about out Paul the, Check. Yep. Shout out to Paul Check. You the man. Um, talks about the importance of a rotation diet. So that just means getting in a variable or a variation of different foods and rotating them so that you don't create autoimmune issues to um, excess food coming in. Eric, I know you have a, a little bit of a different perspective than a lot of other people because uh, you've, you know, over the last few years uh, looked at this vegan diet and it's really helped you in a lot of ways. What would you say for anybody out there that might be looking at that for an option for themselves. I would definitely say that um, vegan has changed me in a lot of ways. It's uh, taught me a lot more about patience and just not taking the quickest route of getting things into my body, eating whatever. But um, for anybody that was interested in that, um, I would say just listen to your body first and start with an elimination diet. Um, mm -hmm. You don't have to jump straight into raw veganism right away or you know just a whole plant-based diet you could go ahead and just start eliminating some of the heavier meats um start eliminating the fish just to one meal a day and uh just move forward with that because once you throw a huge shock at the system and if you can't ride that out for a couple of weeks it's going to be extremely difficult you're going to think that you failed and then you're just going to think oh it's just another failed or fad diet but um with any diet that anybody chooses, it's all about consistency. Yeah. And um, I'm not here trying to preach a vegan diet. I really think that everybody needs to listen to what their body. Um, but it's been big for you. It's been a big help for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a big help for me. Um, as far as for my journey on that goes, um, I used to be really big. I was probably about 380 pounds, and um, I lost 90 pounds probably over about a year, year and a half just you know, training, um, and eating really, really clean, but it was more of like the 
kind of bodybuilder diet, just rice and meat, you know, very little veggies, uh, very little fruit, just, you know, strict, strictly on that. And um, so like you said, that elimination diet, just trying to get things out of yeah. your diet before you jumped into a whole new lifestyle. Yeah, exactly. Just kind of just kind of keeping things very, very simple. Uh, once you once you start taking your body down to the simpler states and it doesn't have to process so much, mm-hmm. it's able to let go and expel a lot more of the things that have been sitting in the body. Um, so I lost 90 pounds doing that, and then um, I kind of plateaued. My, I couldn't eat any cleaner as far as the way that I was eating, and I couldn't train any harder. And um, so I ended up doing a two-day fast, which was really, really beneficial for, to me. And then 48-hour um, fast, and then after that, um, just went straight to vegan and haven't looked back. It's been about two years now. So feeling good? Yeah, feel good. Uh, I lost another 50 pounds after that. After I plateaued for a, a while, and. Um, yeah, feeling good. My my thinking's energy levels. Yeah, energy levels really good. Uh, I got a good sense of clarity. Um, it's a lot easier to control my weight now, um, and you know the inflammation, the aches and the pains, and a lot of that stuff has gone down just because I listen to my body. And um, you know, it you, that's the most important part of any diet. You have to listen to your body because if somebody wants to just hop on the keto train or the vegan train. Um, you know, you you might have to take your body through some steps before you could get there because mm-hmm. your body has to accept it before you just kind of hammer it down. Otherwise, mm-hmm. if it becomes traumatic to the body or creates more stress onto the body, it's not going to take it. And the body's going to create like a fear around it. And, you know, the mind and the body aren't going to be aligned and it's not going to absorb anything that you're trying to throw at it. And like you're saying, you'll, you'll get to that point of you, you feel like a failure because you, you haven't done something correctly. But listening to your body, I think that's something we've all become extremely out of tune with. And in, until we can understand what fits well with our body, uh, Jaron, I know you and I have talked about this many a times before, when you sit yourself in front of a meal or some food, you ask yourself, you know, is this what I want for my body? Is this going to be good for my body? Is this a good nutrient source? And giving yourself a second to ask yourself that question uh, can be a huge impact on your diet and the way that you actually feel once you consume that food. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, that's where meditation and some of these other holistic practices and lifestyle practices can really come into play to help you be more in tune with your body and what you actually want. But Eric, there's just something that I'd love to uh, touch on and just um, kind of thank you uh, for your input because, um, and feel free if anyone out there wants to call in and correct me on this, I might be, uh, I might butcher this quote, but I believe it was Hippocrates that said, uh, treat food as thy medicine and medicine as thy food. Mm. Um, uh, the way that I look at diets, um, they should be prescribed as medicine. It really depends on your biology. It depends on your goal, um, and what's going to make you perform at the most optimal level. Mm, that's powerful right there. You know, there's, there's so many fast paced things that we look at now and being able to grab a bar here, or just a little snack there. And sometimes I think we sacrifice that convenience for being on the go. And when and we're we all a little guilty of it, right? Yeah, we're all a little guilty of it. I mean, we all do it. I mean, all the time uh, you tell yourself you only got this many hours in the day to do X, Y, and Z. And all of a sudden you pick up a bar, or you go to a fast food joint or something like that. And all of a sudden you realize it's three, four days you've been doing that. And your, your whole week is wrecked with just cruddy food and uh, that leads to cruddy sleep and poor performance in the gym if you're doing that uh, you know so many other issues on top of that mm-hmm. um, you know myself over the last few years I've tried several different things and I've really seen a dramatic difference at when I can uh, eat a mostly ketogenic diet or just cutting out mostly starchy carbs being able to fast for a solid 16 hours a day that helps with my energy levels so much 
but that's not prescribed for everyone. Mm -hmm. That might have helped me, but that's not for everyone. And I think that's a big deal for people to be able to see uh, what really fits them and what's going to do best for their body. It's a journey. It's a journey. Absolutely. And uh, just to quote Paul Check again, or just kind of pass on some of his teachings and what I've learned from this man is um, there is a, a concept known as uh, primal primal diet typing. Mm-hmm. Um and I think I just kind of forgot the name of it just because I'm on radio and I'm a little bit nervous. There you go. But to con- <laughs> continue on with that topic, um, when you eat a certain diet, uh, when you're trying to go for a certain diet, um, there's this concept that depending on where your ancestry is uh, located around the world. So mm-hmm. if you're from a, a European like ancestry um, and you come from a more colder region, mm-hmm. uh, your ancestors probably most likely ate more meat, more animal-based products Mm -hmm. uh, where there was less vegetation because it happens to be a little bit colder. So uh, crops are a little bit harder to grow in that kind of climate. Mm -hmm. But if you are someone that lives a little bit closer to the equator, uh, maybe, um, you know, people in the Southern Americas, they can eat a diet that's more rich in plants and they don't need as much meat because that's where their ancestry kind of uh, develop their genetics to do so because that was natural in their area. And I find that so fascinating how earlier you're talking about the biology of the body and what your body's going to be accepting of because where your ancestors are from or your family or your based, uh, culture is really going to see that huge impact on what's going to be best for you. It's not one fits all. It's going to be catered to each kind of person and what their body style is. And, you know, if you see that those mixed genetics in your family or that mixed bloodline, you can kind of get a a gist for where that's coming from and what they did eat. Um, I think people getting that historical context on their family will give them a better understanding of perhaps nutrition that would be better for them. And it is a journey, guys, for all of you out there that feel like you just can't ever get it right. It's really a journey. You try things, you see how well it works, make sure you do it for a couple months at a time, and then write, you know, food journaling. That's something that we've talked about as well. You know, Mm -hmm. it's so powerful to be able to write down what you're eating because we all fall victim to this mentality that, oh, I only ate this and this today and I ate really well. But when you start adding those calories up or you start seeing where those things really come from, it tends to be much higher in calories and sugar and all these other things that you didn't really think were going to be there. And so uh, without the journaling, sometimes the accuracy is pretty difficult to get a hold of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a uh, food journaling is a powerful tool to bring some awareness to uh, just your lifestyle in general. I, I agree with that. Yeah. So I think it's it's worth it to be able to get into a, a couple other topics of some other kind of diets. And, you know, there are like some fads out there that may not be the best and they're uh, mostly pumped up by marketing and other other companies that have an agenda or trying to sell you something. But mm-hmm. uh, outside oh, yeah. of ketogenic, that's been a topic that we've kind of touched on quite a bit. Uh, what other kind of diets do you think are very beneficial for people or what, what kind of things do you prescribe to uh, some of the clients that you see? Well, um, I'll lay it out like this. If someone is to come to me for some dietary advice, the first thing that I'd have them do, I'd be like, look, you have to start a food journal. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do this for like two weeks. um, And then every time you eat something, record how you feel about 45 minutes to an hour afterwards. If you notice symptoms like headache, fatigue, um, upset stomach, Pepto-Bismol, um, <laughs> but to start to develop that awareness of what certain foods act or make certain triggers. 
Um, afterwards, I would recommend something more like a rotation diet where you are more on a schedule, not necessarily counting calories, mm -hmm. but you are just observing and scheduling the type of food and proteins and plants that you're eating on a daily or weekly basis. Um, and then it really depends, you know, if it's more of an extreme case, like if they try the rotation diet for a while and there's really no other change, then it could be a fungal and parasite issue. In that case, you might want to do something, um, a different protocol. Uh, the one that I'm most familiar with, um, as far as an elimination diet goes is the gaps protocol. Interesting. What's that about? Well, gaps stands for gut and psychology syndrome. And, uh, if you ever read her book, uh, the author's name kind of passes my mind right now, but it's a wonderful book that really teaches you a lot about how the gut microbiome works, uh, how food allergies work, and how um, your body has histamine responses to certain foods. Hmm. So the GAPS protocol is a very strict protocol where you eliminate a huge list of foods out of your diet, hmm. and you only include things like grass-fed organic bone broth, hmm. either from beef or chicken, or um, you stick with um, a very limited amount of protein, whether that is um, organic grass-fed red beef mm -hmm. or organic chicken, and just do cruciferous vegetables like broccoli, cauliflower, et cetera, mm -hmm. and exclude everything else, else out. Um, you would do that protocol for about a month to two, and that would help get rid of a lot of parasites and fungal infections, candida, those kind of things that could be going on in the gut. Now, how big of an issue do you think this really is? Do you think more people have this issue than we really think or they think? Oh, absolutely. Wow. Yeah. I mean, take candida, for example. Uh, everyone has candida in their stomach to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. um, but when that gets out of balance, it just wrecks havoc on people's health. And that's something that's been a big talk in, in social media and media in particular over the last, I think, year or so is people talking about that gut being that second brain. Uh, and if you're mm -hmm. not taking Absolutely. care of that, that gut flora, that gut bacteria, uh, might as well say goodbye to any of the, the fast moving uh, quality thoughts and precise uh, activity, you know? Yeah, the, uh, the GAPS protocol was originally created for um, a protocol to help with autism. Um, the author's, um, I believe it was her son had autism, and she, you know, kind of approached food as medicine, you know, as the, that Hippocrates kind of uh, ideal. Um, and so she created the GAPS protocol to help heal the gut uh, because it's, it's become popular science that the gut is directly related to brain health. Yeah. And you know, you can really feel it because you, if you eat horribly and you're just eating whatever you want and not focusing on the quality of the food, you can really feel it. And it, it affects your brain, that fogginess, that cloudiness. If, if anybody out there is really thinking that, uh, you know, you have some, some cognitive issues and being able to think through the day, you know, these might be some of the things to look at. These might be some of the issues that might be worth paying attention to because it may not just be, uh, you know, Hey, I'm working out all the time and I'm taking my vitamins, but you know, I, I just can't think. And I have this brain fog all the time. It, you may very well be dealing with a, a fungal infection or some sort of bacterial infection. That's just, you, you just don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So elimination diet is huge for that. Um, Eric, what would you say for some people if they were trying to get towards a more plant-based diet? What, what are the kind of things that you eat on a, on a daily perspective? You know, I know some people would tell me like, oh, I can never do veganism. That's too hard. That's too, too plain. Yeah, it's not yeah. fun. What would you say to that? Yeah. Um, 
I get that a lot all the time. Everybody's like, it's so difficult. But I mean, um, if you really think about what you eat and sit down and journal, like Jaron was saying, what you eat, you notice that you just rotate between maybe eight to a dozen different types of foods. Now, if you think about all the hundreds and thousands of fruits and vegetables and, you know, all the different combinations that you could have between them, that opens up the playing field a lot more. So I notice people that um, have the most difficulty with, you know, transferring over to veganism or just even being disciplined in any diet are the people that don't know how to feed themselves, how to cook mm. for themselves, how to shop for themselves. Interesting. So if you don't know how to take care of yourself, then essentially you're relying on somebody else to take care of you and provide the food for you. So you're you're going to these restaurants and you're just saying, well, you know, this looks like the healthiest thing on the menu. Let me go ahead and go with that. But for me um, or for anybody transitioning to a vegan or any other diet, because I've, I've been big for majority, pretty much my whole life. So I've been big my whole life and I've tried, you know, this and that and the other. And um, anything that I got the best results on was something that I just stuck with and I was consistent with. Mm. Because as long as you could uh, get that discipline with food and look at food as fuel or as medicine, as Jaren, as Jaren was saying, then you really get your power back and then you put the ball into your playing field and then you start controlling your body instead of your body controlling you. Powerful. Mm -hmm. So um, what really helped me out through my weight loss journey and um, was intermittent fasting. Yep. Yes, now, um, fasting is very cleansing for the body. It forces the body to, you know, kind of deplete into what or to dip into whatever's there. And um, it just cleanses out and pushes out a lot of the, just the stagnant stuff that we have sitting in our body because we're looking for fuel sources and if we're not providing it through you know breakfast as soon as we wake up like it forces our body to kind of wake up and start moving and it forces our gut to start searching for that energy so it's going to start dipping into the, the reserves that we have within us and um, it teaches a great deal of discipline so you know usually for me I don't eat breakfast I don't really eat until you know early afternoon one o'clock two o'clock and um, at that point, if I have an early dinner and then eat at 2 o'clock the next day, you know, it's looking at a good 15 to 17 hours of fasting. And um, by the time I have my first meal, just keep it light. And um, for me, I usually try to break my uh, fast with, you know, some type of juice and um, nuts. Just keep it light, keep it simple. And then uh, dinner time, I, I usually go a little bit harder for sure yeah but um even what's your favorite meal on something i mean a completely vegan so obviously oh, most yeah. of the stuff you're eating so, is all good stuff okay so for for me like i'm vegan but i eat a ton of potatoes a ton, ton of, of potatoes. potatoes yeah i eat a lot of potatoes a lot of beans um you know for my family they're like you know, my grandma i go visit my grandma she's like well what do i cook you now you know we're used to eating meat chicken and all the above i was like well rice beans and potatoes are good for me and so um I eat a lot of rice, beans, and potatoes just because that's that's, that's kind of that's kind of what I've grown up eating, and it was it was the easiest thing to transition to. Like you don't have to do a full, you know, 180 and go the complete opposite direction of what you've been uh, raised with because it comes a little bit simpler. And I noticed how my body responds to the beans, the potatoes, and the rice. And then if I don't have any ill effects, then I just keep kind of keep it going. So, um, like for dinner, um, you know, beans, rice, some 
mix up some uh, veggies and fry that up. Or there's tons of twists that you could put on, you know, modern day plates. Like they sell completely plant based uh, burgers and they have alternatives for absolutely everything out there. So any meal that you could think of in a restaurant or your parents' favorite meal that they used to cook you, like they have alternatives for you to achieve that meal, which and even spice it up by adding more things than, mm -hmm. you know, the basic meat and potatoes or whatever. Yeah. So um, just being very open and learning to get that discipline uh, with the food and really bring that awareness as to how the food affects you. Because, I mean, all of us have eaten this huge meal in the middle of the day and then we're pretty much shut down for the rest of the day. Yep. We're just, we're, we're done. We, we're gassed, we're lethargic, and we just don't really want to, you know, we can't find that energy, that, that movement to keep going. Mm -hmm. So um, bringing that awareness to, okay, well, what does affect me certain ways? Like I know for a lot of other people, they say, oh, carbs, you know, I can never do potatoes. I can't do rice because it affects them a lot differently. But right. I mean, they probably never grew up eating that. Or like Jaron was saying, like ancestral diet, like their people probably never ate that for thousands of years. Like that's been running through their bloods. It mm -hmm. just wasn't a part of their system. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's why America is very interesting, especially with the way that our diet is, because it is a melting pot of so many different cultures and um, everything has a dollar sign on it now. So anything right. that catches on, like people want to pump it up and bring it to you the cheapest quinoa. way possible. Quinoa was a big one a couple of years ago. You know, it was never here, I would say, like 10, 15 years mm -hmm. ago. And now all of a sudden everywhere you just see it yeah. on every restaurant plate. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of the people that have been here, you know, they're their ancestors probably came here just within the past couple of hundred years and for thousands of years before that they were in a completely different part of the world mm -hmm. eating a completely different diet so with all the processed and uh you know chemicals and stuff that are that's in our food like really just trying to keep it simple is going to be the best way for you so whether it's vegan keeping it simple to you know the just nice greens in your diet um and Nice greens, you know, potatoes, beans, rice, different simple things like that. The simpler you could keep it, the better. And, you know, even for the people that are doing keto and just make sure you get good sources of nutrition, good meats, good cuts of meat, quality grass fed. And, um, you know, just try to stay away from the most unnatural things that you can. As long as you keep it natural, your body's going to learn to process and um, adapt to it because our bodies have been adapting for thousands upon thousands of years. So... Mm -hmm. As long as we treat it as such and are patient and listen to our body, our body's going to respond the way that we want. You know, I really respect the fact that you, you had to talk about discipline there because all three of us at this table, we respectively have different diets and different way we eat. And I think we all kind of learn for each other uh, being at the gym and just talking through our clients and the people that we see day in and day out. But that's really the, the main foreground right there is being disciplined in whatever practice that you're going to have. And I don't think a lot of people think that food typically is a disciplinary uh, lifestyle or something that to implement there, but there's so much to learn through being disciplined through that. And I think a lot of us uh, can be big on having breakfast. And so if we are so used to just having breakfast all the time uh, and then we're telling ourselves, hey, we're going to keep fasting, we're going to fast up into the 16-hour point, with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, but your body's telling you, hey, I'm hungry. Uh, and is that always a bad thing? Is it bad to feel hungry and, and still push yourself off for a couple hours? What would you say to that, Jern? Well, hunger is actually um, hunger is actually triggered from a hormone called ghrelin. So your body produces this hormone uh, that signals to your brain, says, hey, I'm hungry. Mm-hmm. Well, this is kind of where fasting and kind of s- starting to limit your calories comes into play because uh, you can say that that hormone is hypervigilant in the mm-hmm. sense that it fires off a little too much, a little too regularly. Mm-hmm. So having a more disciplined diet, eating fewer calories, um, I mean, it really depends on what you're trying to do, right? Um, but just getting that hormone into check can be very beneficial. It's almost like a, a mind control substance, you know, that ghrelin can come over you. And uh, some people would say, especially some of our Southern friends out there that, you know, you got to eat a big hearty breakfast. And, you know, if you go hungry, I'm not going to let my kids go hungry. I'm not going to let the little ones go hungry and thinking like it's doing them a disservice. Right. And that's, um, you know, that's, that's where kind of the spiritual practice of fasting comes in and uh, realizing that, you know, you can go three days without eating food. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually something that's really beneficial for you because it triggers off something in your body known as autophagy. Mm. And what autophagy does is it essentially clears out and recovers damaged DNA and starts to clear out and help the mitochondria work a little bit better in the body. Um, you know, and coming back to discipline, mm-hmm. um, that's where fasting is really great because it's knowing that you're going to be okay and that you're actually doing your body some good if you just have a little bit of discipline and just hold off from eating food. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's that's really powerful right there. I mean, it, entering into a spiritual practice through your food, your eating, your discipline, mm-hmm. outside of religious beliefs or any concepts there, right. but being able to do something for the body, something to give it that space and that time to say, hey, I'm going to wait. Yeah. Yeah, something else that I would really love to touch up Uh, upon that's not related to fasting in particular, but there is a concept that I full heartedly believe and that is voting with your dollar. Mm. So preach it brother. Uh, and you guys know me pretty well for this. When I go to the grocery store, um, I make a huge habit to, uh, buy organic, um, grass fed, Mm -hmm. humanely raised products Mm -hmm. because that's the industry that I want to support. And, and what does uh, that mean for the food choices in your body and putting those foods in your body? Uh, you know, one squash to another. Mm, can you reiterate that? So what do you mean by that? purchasing organic uh-huh. towards purchasing something that may not be organic. What does that mean for your body and how you're going to feel? Uh, well, it means that, I mean, you're going to be putting in more nutrient dense food. So the way that I look at food is when you consume something, Mm -hmm. that is actually information that you are coding into your body. So if you look at your body as a computer um, and you want to download a certain software, um, well, what is the code that you're trying to put in? So if you are putting in a code that is um, sprayed with pesticides, and we'll take that for example, or um, grown in soil that is not rich in nutrients, or it's sprayed with glyphosate, well, what's the information that you're putting into your body now? Mm. And that's probably going to be information that is going to signal your body to become sick and ill. 
Mm-hmm. I can completely see that. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, we're going to take a little bit of a break right here. If you guys want to catch us on the Instagram, you can catch us at Zero Point Athletics, and you can give us a call here at the 909-792-5222. But this is Zero Point Health Radio. We'll be back with you guys in just a minute. Thanks. Taylor Fakus and the ZPA crew will be right back with the inside tools for a better you right after this on the Zero Point Health Show. KCAA Loma Linda, 1050 AM, K292FQ Riverside, and K293CF Moreno Valley. A Pennsylvania woman is behind bars after being accused of faking a cancer diagnosis to scam donors out of money. Investigators began looking at 32-year-old Jessica Smith this summer, eventually determining that the Facebook and GoFundMe fundraisers she'd started were allegedly frauds. As Smith said, she was receiving cancer treatment at Penn Medicine, but prosecutors say no record was found of her treatment there. Chester County Assistant District Attorney Michael Noon says Smith not only faked being sick, she also lied to her boss about her father's death. Preyed on the generosity of strangers and then she lied about her own father's death, essentially just to get a day off from work. Her fundraising efforts totaled $10,000, Smith facing felony charges. James Flippin, NBC News Radio. And New York Governor Andrew Cuomo has signed a law that requires death certificates to list the opioid used following fatal overdoses. Health Update, Sarah Lee Kessler, NBC News Radio. For the first time in nearly 20 years, a new subtype of the human immunodeficiency virus, or HIV, has been identified. HIV is the virus that causes AIDS. The newly identified strain is more like an ancestral strain and likely circulating in the Democratic Republic of Congo, according to a new study published in the Journal of Acquired Immune Deficiency Syndrome. Researchers at Abbott Laboratories in Illinois examined the strain in another specimen collected from the region as part of separate research on the prevention of HIV transmission from mother to child. The specimen confirmed the new subtype and the ongoing transmission of the virus in that part of the world as recently as 2001. Researchers hope identifying new viruses like this one will help ensure new pandemics are stopped. For today's Health Minute, I'm Mandy Gaither. KCAA. And welcome back, guys. This is Zero Point Health Radio. We are with Zero Point Athletics. I am Nick Linares. I'm here with Eric Urias and Jaron Kitchens. Welcome back, guys. Welcome back. What's up? What's up? So if you guys want to call in about anything, any questions or any uh, anything on the topics that we have here, you can call us in the local line, 909-792-5222. Or that non-local line, if you guys are a little bit out of the area, it's 888-909-1050. And this is uh, 1050 AM radio. If you guys want to tell your friends, we're on here uh, every week, Thursday at 3 p.m. So, Jaren, we're going to hop back into this this topic that we're talking about, about, uh, you know, voting with your dollar. What, what does this really mean and, and what does this have as an impact in our local communities and ourselves and, and the food that we get from voting with that dollar? Um, it makes a huge impact because um, what are known as, or at least what I call conventional foods, are mm-hmm. sprayed um, with crazy chemicals Mm. Uh, those chemicals end up in our soil it starts to affect the groundwater um, and it makes the soil a a lot less nutrient dense Um, you know that conventional style of farming that we all know so well 
um, is really causing a lot of damage to the planet. And that's why I believe it's so important to buy the higher quality meat, even if it costs a little bit more money, um, because you are putting your dollar into an industry that is potentially going to um, help our planet. Yeah. You know, I think, uh, also supporting it in a negative way too. You're also supporting an industry that's saying, Hey, we're okay with you spraying all this junk and horrible chemicals all over our food. And some people can say, Oh, I can taste a huge difference, which mm -hmm. I can. And I'm sure you guys can agree to that as well. Mm -hmm. And, but some say they don't, and some say it's too expensive to shop organic and some say they don't have the options to do so. So I think we're, we're very blessed to be in a place that uh, like California, to where we have so many different options, whether it is a, a State of Brothers, a Sprouts, a Trader Joe's. Um, you know, if you're more towards the beach areas, you have the Whole Foods and these smaller markets. Uh, being able to do these farmers markets on the weekend, that's a huge, huge deal to be able to shop local like that. So mm -hmm. voting with your dollar, being able to to keep local farmers alive, especially that have good quality practices, that that's a huge deal right there. Absolutely. You know, there's there's so much to be said about the food that is grown locally and what you get from local grown foods and what that says to your body. And Jaren, I know we had talked about this uh, a couple hours ago as we were kind of prepping for the show. Uh, what does this have to do necessarily if I'm getting my squash, my broccoli, anything that's coming from a, a local farm or anything out of the Southern California region uh, due to the, the light that's there, the, the soil composition that's mm. there, uh, the practices that are being done. What does that have to mean for, for me and that food being grown close to me? Um, a lot, actually. Uh, so when you eat stuff that is more native to where your living environment is, um, it's already synchronized into your biology by that point because oh. of uh, things like pollen and cross-pollination, um, inhaling, all that stuff on a daily basis. Uh, your body is already uh, setting up your immune system to actually consume those types of, types of food. Uh, which means a lot less inflammation, a lot less histamine responses. So it's important to eat food that is, uh, first of all, local and in season. If you eat a food that is out of season, well, then it's kind of, you know, it's not in sync with your biology at that point. And probably not local either. Mm -hmm. Either that or, or grown at some sort of a massive scale that we don't really have the uh, ability to oversee the, the quality and what we'd like to see. Right. And growing your own food can be a uh, of great benefit too, because now you're making that connection to be in the soil every day. You're breathing in those probiotics from the dirt. Mm -hmm. Um, and just, just having that connection with your food is really important. It really is. You know, uh, Eric, uh, what's a good place for you to shop when you, you go out there, I know you out, you're living out in the, the Hemet San Jacinto area, yeah. you know, yeah. when you're shopping for yourself, where, where do you like to shop? Where do you get your veggies from, man? Um, well, Luckily now, just like Jaron was saying, like as long as we vote with our dollars, like the market's going to start to provide because all they want to do is make money. So if we're voting with our dollars and they're going to provide, now I could go somewhere as simple as Stater Brothers and they have like full organic sections. They have, uh, you know, plant-based alternatives. And that's sections. due to us, right? And that and that's due to the dollar. Like when I first mm -hmm. started the veganism, it was it was a bit tougher and pretty much the only spot in town was uh, we have a Sprouts out there in Hemet. So... Sprouts, you know, health food stores, uh, farmers markets, those were always a hit. I could always find whatever I needed there. And, um, you know, now it's pretty much any Stater Brothers within the area I could go to and they'll have exactly what I need. So, um, yeah, it, it became a lot more convenient because of that. But for some of the people that are in a lot more rural areas, I would say um, 
definitely try to look into like farmers markets or getting in direct contact with just the farmers themselves because um, once we start to band as like a community and people people start to see that you know there's a lot more benefit to growing your own thing and providing it for the community as as a whole you know we could go ahead and help each other on a way way bigger level instead of providing dollars to people that are just trying to take our dollars you know what i mean there's no intention in their growing there's no intention in the raising of these animals but to make money and mm -hmm. they try to do it in the quickest cheapest way possible and if that means adding all kinds of chemicals you know pesticides preservatives sugars processed foods and in, into our foods then you know they'll go ahead and do that they don't mind that and um getting in touch with people that are just have a little bit more uh, awareness of what they got going on as they're trying to produce this food or trying to raise you know these animals then i think just that connection alone is uh really really beneficial for you know the body and the mind because once you're able to make that awareness and make that connection like you're not just shoving food in your mouth thinking you know for comfort or just you know eating the cook eating the sugar drinking the sodas you're kind of mm -hmm. putting a little bit more thought a little bit more awareness into what you're bringing into your body so um you know for anybody vegan you could i'm pretty sure in southern california you could go to any market and they'll have completely organic the uh, choices are bountiful produce. now yeah yeah it's it's all out there now and uh, there's plenty of alternatives and i mean even as far as the fast food industry they're starting to you know try to cash in on it with the impossible burgers and stuff like that but Mm. it's it's starting it's to dangerous. Be, it's starting to become a wave it, it's dangerous because you know of course what the impossible burger is but i mean if you're able to you're eight you're starting to see the wave as far as what our dollar is doing they're starting to listen to the people the people want right. this so they're starting to provide they want a non-meatless burger and yeah they said, okay we'll give it to you yeah guys. We'll, we'll give it to you we'll give it to you in the cheapest you know most chemically right. enhanced way possible if we have what to what people but don't know is but bill we're gonna gates, give it to you yeah bill gates is pumping billions of dollars into that industry right yeah. now yeah so really just uh just slowing down and really you know not not craving food as much as you need to like you don't need that mcdonald's hamburger like right this second you can mm. wait an hour until you get home and cook you know a nice home-cooked meal like yeah. that does that does tremendous benefits for people and i mean just the act of cooking itself you know brings about like a calmness and a peace and just puts people in a better mood so because there, there's so. an entire ritual to the cooking mm. and that's where that connection comes from if mm -hmm. we lose a connection with our food then it's easy just to shovel whatever down our throat and then absolutely you know, suffer the consequences later for that immediate gratification mm -hmm. now we could sit here all day and probably talk about all the companies out there that are that are bad that just kind of make food or different uh, consumable items <clears throat> monsanto yeah right <laughs> all these all these horrible things that are that are hurting us uh but you know i'd like to focus on some of the positive aspects of these companies that are out there that are doing the work for us that might be creating the bars or these fast with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Quick, uh, pick something up. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, 
bars or uh, snacks or things like that. Jaron, is there a couple of companies that you would recommend that you would buy products from? Ooh, where do I begin? Some good ones <laughs> out there, right? Yeah, uh, so that's that's definitely a topic that I put a lot of energy and research into um, because I'm so picky about what I put into my body. Smart um, man. Originally for me, that uh, a company that really got me looking into um, the biohacking industry and health and wellness um, in a lot of ways is a company known as Bulletproof. Bulletproof. Um, Bulletproof from Dave Asprey. Um, has made some terrific products. Um, another company that I'm really fond of that we all know and love is on it. They have some pretty killer yes, products. Uh, and then I also buy a lot of stuff from a company known as Thorn. Mm -hmm. uh, Thorn produces a lot of uh, lab tested, uh, really good products out there. Um, and that, I mean, that list can go on forever. Yeah, so I mean, there the, with the internet now, we have the opportunity to to buy these uh, items over uh, some sort of a service and being able to get them delivered directly to our door. So it, sometimes they're not available at the stores that we shop at, or we don't see them locally. And mm -hmm. you know, if you're in a place that you can't get these things, buying them online is is definitely another option. Mm -hmm. You know, you see even good quality meats. You got a uh, Oregon Valley Farms up there. Shout out to them and Butcher Box and all these people that are producing high quality meats and giving it to the people that said, "Hey, we really want good quality meat, and we can't seem to find it in our store." So people mm -hmm. have made it made it so to make it happen. So I, I think it's powerful to see those kind of things out there and see what exactly uh, people are coming up with and, you know, in the nutrition industry and just seeing what's so great about uh, uh, every, everything that these, these new products are coming with us. But hey, guys, we seem to have a caller on the phone. One of our friends calling in right here, Deanna, she's on the phone. Let's give her a shout out. Deanna, what's going on? Hey, so I have been loving listening to this conversation. And Thank I have you. a question for you because I went through this like years ago. I would take my kids, we would drive through fast food, and I would try to be extra good and get a Diet Coke. Ooh, and the Diet Coke. I found myself like always craving, like super craving fast food, even super craving Diet Coke. And when you mentioned a few minutes ago, Oh, don't stop and get fast food. Wait an hour and go home and make your own food. Mm -hmm. And yet, I would have that craving. It was so crazy. Why do we crave fast food? And why do we crave something like Diet Coke? Ooh, powerful question. Thanks, Deanna. Jaron, what, what's your perspective on that? Yeah, I mean, as Diet Coke, as far as Diet Coke goes, I can't really give a huge explanation on um, unless it has something to do with aspartame. Uh, aspartame does have a very interesting effect in the gut microbiome, um, but it's also kind of one of those things that I've been hearing a lot about recently that the, the, the doses, um, the poison is dose dependent in that case. Mm -hmm. So it really depend on like how often you were drinking it. Um, and then that addiction would start to kick in. Um, and then as far as like fried food, um, you know, gluten and dairy have a really interesting effect. And I'll kind of touch up on that topic a little bit. Uh, when you consume things like gluten and casein, which is found in, in dairy, uh, those proteins have a tendency to turn into something known as opioid-type peptides, mm. uh, which cross the blood-brain barrier. And they actually do act like heroin. Um, you know, these things go into your bloodstream and you start to get actually addicted to that brain fog, that sluggish, that sluggishness. Mm -hmm. um, also, rancid oils have an interesting 
effect in that way as well. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people uh, realize this too, but the entire fast food industry is curated on taste and it mm-hmm. is all created inside of a laboratory. It's not saying, hey, we're going to go get some great quality meat and some good quality cheese and boom, there's your burger together. It doesn't necessarily work like that. People sit inside of a laboratory and they talk about exactly the flavors and the smells and what brings people to their restaurants, whether it's fast food or walk-in or and, and these chemicals that they use, whether it's MSG or anything else are made to make you addicted to them mm-hmm. well and they also pump a lot of sugar into those buns <laughs> and there you go too that i mean that your brain is looking at it like it's drugs and it it lights up the same part of the brain uh, like you were saying like uh, like a heroin or something yeah exactly. right and, and sugar is highly addictive um and then something else i'd like to touch up uh, about aspartame deanna is um I do remember this conversation that I listened to on a podcast where they talked about um, how aspartame kind of uh, signals to the brain that there's some kind of glucose coming in and that it's telling your brain, um, hey, this is a a fuel source. We can use this. But then it gets to the gut and it goes, oh, this isn't food. We can't use this. So it starts telling your brain we need to get more and more and more. So it keeps you in that, that cyclical um, I need more cycle need more. of mm-hmm. needing more, needing more, needing more, because it's pretty much a false nutrient. Mm. Yeah. And just to expand on that, um, really quick, as far as what food does to our body chemically, like we're feeding our body food as fuel. So our body processes it and then it forces our body, our brain to create these chemicals and they're secreted throughout our body. Now, if you're eating foods that are high in, you know, saturated fats, sugars, and a bunch of these, you know, chemicals and processed stuff that they're putting in our food to make it addictive to us, then it's hitting those, you know, those spots in our brain that's secreting the chemicals that are almost these feel-good mm-hmm. chemicals. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. why when, you know, you drive by a Carl's Jr. or McDonald's and... You just got to smell it. Yeah, you, Association. you smell it and then you you just start thinking about, you know, that... that double cheeseburger or whatever Mm -hmm. it it comes naturally it comes quickly and you don't even perceive it now um and that's because of the lost connection between what food does to our body you know we have to just bring awareness to that now um if you think of it like that what you put into your body is going to cause a lot more things to go into motion as in the chemicals getting secreted from your brain that flood your gut that send these all these different uh, signals to the rest of your body now your body's going to be craving it and that's you know kind of and then then you just start an addiction process yeah yeah. then then every time you pass by it and you see those bright colors you smell that food and then you just start picturing that burger and those fries like i mean it's it's going to kind of happen because they already put that ball into motion without you even knowing it they they secreted those chemicals within your brain so that's why um discipline in the food is very important because if we're able to control you know this dump of feel good this dump of pleasurable chemicals that you know all we need is just a visual to you know have that release if we learn to control that control those needs and those feelings then you know it's going to make it a lot easier to drive around down the street and then you know just not even wince at that because i mean think of anybody that's had a really really bad long night with alcohol they wake up you know the next few weeks and they don't even want to think about you know that bottle of tequila or anything like that like the mind knows like oh no last time we went overboard on that we had a really bad time 
So we don't want to even mess with that. Mm -hmm. So it's the same concept. I mean, if you're sitting there and you take the greatest pleasure, the greatest joy out of eating, you know, the Carl's Jr., the the McDonald's or whatever, then you're always going to crave that. But if you take a lot more pleasure and a lot more joy in, you know, sourcing your food from, you know, wholesome sources, going home, cooking it and feeding yourself, your family, your loved ones, then you're creating those better pathways that mm. are going to secrete those chemicals in those instances, as opposed to sitting at a stoplight, staring at a McDonald's. And marketing, you know, in the food industry, it hits us in so many different ways. It's not just visual. It's it's uh, smell, it's taste, it's mm -hmm. look, it's colors, it's everything. I mean, they, they've thought about it yeah. way farther yeah. than we ever think yeah, that they it, did. Exactly. Like you said, Nick, like they, everything in the food industry is created by marketing geniuses and scientists and labs. Like they want to get the most amount of people craving this whether they see it or not mm -hmm. because as long as they're craving it you know and the mind keeps flowing towards that the body's going to follow it's going to find a way to get there mm -hmm. so um you know just understanding that and kind of like pulling back the curtain a little bit and being like man these people are kind of sapping all my power all my you know like all my knowledge from me by just leaving me in the dark now, once you're able to turn on the light on that and just kind of see behind the curtains and understand some of the processes that happen within the body or mm -hmm. why these things happen and just, and all it takes is sitting down and being disciplined and listen to your body, like you'll start to learn so much more and then, you know, you're going to, you're not going to be sitting in the dark, just kind of mm -hmm. jump in every time you smell some French fries or <laughs> whatever. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, if you really want to geek out on, on the food aspect of it all, um, you might even want to look into something called a leptin reset diet, which has a lot to do with syncing your circadian rhythm with the sunlight and um, just resetting your leptin response. But that's a bunch of crazy Jack Crew stuff. Yeah, <laughs> but you know what? Going down those pathways, sometimes it's a rabbit hole that people just need that little piece to hear. And, you know, it, it, the research itself, and there, there's so much out there now, guys. I, I highly think if, if you heard anything here today uh, that you just weren't sure about, do your own research. Look into yes, it. Give yes. us a call. Shout out to us uh, and at Zero Point and all the, all the great people that are over there just being able to educate people and, and show people just a different style of life and what's out there, you know? Um, some people can and do well with a decently high carbohydrate diet, um, but, you know, here in America, I think that's been a big problem because Monsanto and these other big companies that have sprayed a lot of our wheat and genetically modified a lot of the grains that we have out there our body cannot take this and turn this into fuel anymore. It's, you can go to Italy and, and Europe and Australia, and for some reason, the pasta and the bread and everything out there doesn't affect us like it does here. If you see a picture mm -hmm. of, of Americans back in 1970, and they're eating sandwiches every day, pasta all the time, and everybody's relatively thin. You know, nobody's extremely overweight, and everyone's doing pretty well. Fast forward 20, 30 years later, yeah. all those mm -hmm. same foods, or they think are same foods, are now destroying people's body, shutting people's bodies down. Yeah, humans have been eating grains for a, a really, really long time. It wasn't until recently it started to uh, really wreak havoc. Mm -hmm. And that's why there's a, a pretty big gluten fear out there for good reasons now. Yeah, and I think a lot of people are building these autoimmune disorders and thinking that they're gluten intolerant or they, they can't have these things. And that's probably pretty true for most things. However, go to a different country look at your source material and have that same meal in a different country. And I can almost guarantee you it's not going to affect you the same. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's quite interesting to see the, the industry that we're getting into and what food has become really, uh, you know, 
so many people out there are, are looking at food as just a means to an end. I need to get a meal in. But you know what? If it comes down to it and your food choices are poor and you only got fast food around you, take a couple hours to fast. Just take some water, take some time, drink some water, wait until your next meal. I can guarantee you that you will feel so much better in your life, in your spirituality, all your endeavors, if you can take that time and use that discipline to be able to just hold out for a little while. And, uh, you know, being, being in California, especially in Southern California, I can't imagine you're going to be in a place for more than a couple hours or a day that uh, you won't be around any sort of good quality food or find a grocery store or something, right? Well, we have a couple minutes left here, guys. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to these guys a little bit about what's going on at Zero Point. We have a couple new things that are, that are jumping in over there. We just started a holistic lifestyle cha- challenge. Uh, Jaron, tell me a little bit about the, the holistic lifestyle challenge. How are things going over at the gym? Uh, the HLC challenge is going amazingly. Um, everyone's really digging the new hybrid 3D class that we just started introducing at the facility, which is uh, if any of you, which... For a lot of you probably haven't been to the gym, but we do a lot of our workouts based on 3D functional movement. And when I say 3D, we're really focusing on moving in all planes of motion. Mm. And without really going into a huge explanation and rabbit hole down that, we applied that same concept uh, to a new class that we just introduced. Mm -hmm. And uh, the HLC challenge kind of incorporates a point-based system where everyone has an opportunity to participate together, hold each other accountable, hold themselves accountable to really start following some of the philosophies that we talked about today, um, living a more holistic lifestyle, uh, getting out in the sun a bit more, including meditation into their life um, using the sauna and and so forth. And it seems to be going really well. It's been powerful, man, being able to to just jump into all of the the new workouts and the things that are changing there, doing these working in classes, being able to use the sauna daily, these cold tanks that are getting down to 37 degrees. Uh, We really want to invite you guys out there. We're in Cala Mesa, California at Zero Point Athletics. Come check us out. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. This has been Zero Point Health. See you guys next week. Peace. Loma Linda, 1050 AM, 106.5 FM, and now 102.3 FM.